Hey, what's going on, Air Motivators? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Pulling out of uh, the office at a high rate of speed here. Oh, it's fucking awesome. I gotta, gotta get gas. All right. I knew that. I knew that this was gonna have to happen. It's the little things, you know what I mean? <clears throat> 10 to 8 p.m. on a Monday. I just didn't have any time to fill up, so I gotta hit the gas. <clears throat> hit the gas, get a little fucking gas, you understand there? Gotta fuel up, top it off. Gotta fill up the tank. Gotta gas up. All right, so as I head to the gas station here, after this long but productive day, I have a cool story to tell you, okay, just this, there's my buddy Coop's house, hey, I'm gonna, <clears throat> it's about the time of year I start threatening to shit paper her house, do a little bit of a mischief night prank. I have a couple times wrapped a little shit paper around her car or something benign. <clears throat> Never do anything too disrespectful, but I like to threaten her, make a little, you know, mild, uh, harmless threats between friends, you know. Mischief night. I got some stories about that too. We used to do that back in the Dirty Jurors, back in the Pine Barrens. Usually a man that's carrying a little duffel bag down the street and taking some shit paper and holding one end, the free end, and then you take the other end and throw it up over a tree limb or a, usually a telephone pole is the goal or a power line. <clears throat> I don't know if that's necessarily very safe, but. You'd see the next morning, all down the road, shit paper draped over power lines and some shaving cream on the ground and some eggs. <clears throat> One time my buddy Rocco got hit right in the fucking solar plexus, right in the gut, by a guy, a very uh, notorious teen bully driving shotgun in a little Datsun 210 with honeycomb uh, hubcaps driving about 25 30 miles an hour and all of a sudden they would my two pummeled Rocco in the gut with the uh, with the egg and Rocco said ooh fucker hold on a second all right I gassed up Full tank. Top that shit off. Almost 8 p.m. now. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Mischief Night. I'll probably have a, a dedicated podcast just to that effect. Uh, I did ask one of my patients who is a cop. Hell of a guy. Um, not too far off from retirement, I believe. I asked him, uh, I said, hey, man, if you see some kids out there on Mischief Night... Give him a pass, all right? He's throwing shit paper around, some eggs. 
got to be careful these days, though. You might get fucking shot. You'd go to egg somebody's house. you get fucking blown up or something. God forbid. <clears throat> so we'll talk about that at a later date, though. But I did, ask this poli- I did ask this police officer to give the little delinquents a rest. Nobody's trying to disrupt too much. Okay, so the topic of this conversation, then, this podcast is going to be the Ukrainians. Right. <clears throat> a friend of mine, he plays soccer. He's a young guy in his 20s. He's a really good soccer player. I can tell by his stature, his build. He's powerful. He's shortish. He's very athletic. I can tell he could probably run around the soccer field all day. Um, he loves the game, so he plays a lot of these in a lot of these adult leagues. So he played. He played in the Ukrainian National Soccer Club, or whatever the fuck they're at. He played a Ukrainian squad, Ukrainian Americans, and he said that they were very aggressive and they're running around pushing them. And the one guy stomping on somebody when they were down, and the other guys laughing and you know being cordial with the competition. So. We were talking about this, and, I, and he goes, I said, wow, he goes, yeah, they were crazy, you know, good, they were good players, but they were crazy, I said, passionate, right, so I, I probably shared this with you before, it's one of my classic Marine Corps stories, but I have no, I know a little bit about Ukrainians, because in 1994, our ship, the USS Ponce, sailed into the Black Sea, and once there, we st- we pulled into Odessa, Ukraine. The, the people of that city were so warm and embracing of of us. And of course, we thought that they were going to be um, all like little Ivan Drago templates. That they were going to be just villains, the Cold War villains that we had been programmed to be. We were always going to thwart the. Russians or the Chinese, usually it's the Russians. They're like the classic American bad guy enemy. And we, when we pulled into the port, we were greeted by these townspeople. A pretty substantial city, Odessa. We were treated very well. And the guys all got laid and we drank whiskey like, we, like it was beer. Or whiskey. Vodka as if it were beer. <coughs> And look, it was a, it was something else. It was quite the experience. It was one of my favorite ports. We pulled in there, and we were just getting shit housed, hammered, you know. And the people, like I said, they were warm. But whenever we would go to a foreign nation like that and pull into their port we would spend a little bit of time visiting and we'd spend some time training with them as well so we didn't waste any time we got to training with the Ukraine what we were told was the Ukrainian military and they were strapping lads sinuous strong and they all smelled like a fresh leather belt like a fucking raw leather belt That's what it smelled like. If you if you could imagine, you know, a uh, hundred of these guys 
training with you living uh, in a barracks, they would smell like a belt factory. Pure leather, very rank BO, very distinct. I'll never forget the way they smelled. So I've told the story before that they kicked our ass every freaking which way. We showed them our hand-to-hand combat system. They fucking laughed at it and, you know, put a finger up as just to show us, watch this. And they started attacking each other with knives and glass bottles and, you know, doing flips and kicks and crazy martial arts things. I don't know if they were the fucking Spetsnats or... Ukrainian equivalent to special forces or what, but they kicked the shit out of us and each other. One guy would hold a fucking jug over his head, like a glass jug, and the other guy would smash it with a kick. And sometimes they'd miss and they'd do it again and they'd get it. They'd take a fucking balisong knife, a butterfly knife, and open it up, and the other guy would they'd attack one guy, and the other guy would, you know, break his wrist, throw him to the ground, and kick the shit out of him. They were amazing close combat fighters. Then we we lost to them, to the guy, to the man, in arm wrestling. And they outdrank us, and they outran us, and they out-push-up competitioned us, and every other test of manhood you can imagine. Their dicks are probably bigger than ours. So that's my justification, my acknowledgement of how hard and passionate these Ukrainians were. There's something about these these folks from Russia, from that part of the world, from that their culture, that country, that it's a vast, vast nation, right? Part of Asia. Right? <clears throat> Fucking tough as nails. Imagine fighting somebody like that. You're dead. Okay, you're dead. You're in pain. They showed us their tactics and all that stuff. They might have had broken down antiquated Cold War weapons to our M16A2 service rifles, but they could employ them better and they could make do with simple things and um, kill you with things that you thought were inanimate objects and useless. Um, and to my buddy's soccer uh, mention, I remember, so we visited them in Ukraine. They came to stay with us in Camp Lejeune, and they lived in an adjacent barracks. So all these rectangular buildings lined up one after the other, different units, green units living there. And we're ass kickers. We're fucking warriors. So these guys moved in, 100 of them, and they all wore these, like, silver space-age-looking, like a space blanket like a survival blanket. It looked like they were wearing material made out of that. It was like fucking mirror, like fucking silver. Shiny silver outfits, like spacemen in umbros. And they would they would juggle uh, soccer balls and all around. They'd chase each other and steal the ball and head the ball. And incredible athletic, incredibly athletic. And then they'd go to chow hall and eat our food and... They were when they were in there, they stunk. I mean, they really, they stunk like a fucking leather belt factory, a wallet factory. You ever sniff like a fresh leather belt, not like some fucking knockoff bullshit patent leather. I'm talking about a real cow skin, 
leather belt, rough, like a fucking medieval uh, times actor or something, or one of these Dorcases who do the reenactments of king's courts and shit. Uh, what do they call that? they call that? Come on, I've mentioned these Renaissance, Renaissance fair people. They have all kinds of crazy equipment. They may get leather, uh, forearm shields and breastplates and stuff made. Real authentic stuff. I'm talking about fucking real leather. You ever smell that? Can you imagine that in your nostrils? Really, really pungent though. That and puke and turds. Leather belts, puke and turds. Combo was like what these people smelled like. It's like they didn't wear deodorant. They had a very distinct body odor in common. So you could smell them. Amazing. I remember them marching to the chow hall, being in the chow hall as we ate. They were humans, but they were a different type of human. They were strong. They were sinuous. They were powerful. They were, um, they were real warriors. You know, I felt to some degree like our our forces were lesser, like softer. It was actually quite remarkable being around these people. Now, I'll close with this. So, while we were in Ukraine. And uh, <clears throat> interacting with these men, uh, there was a time where we had the boat there, and we would say, "Okay, we're going to let these some of the public on the ship," and so make way for them. And I don't know how many dozen, few dozen, would come on the ship and tour and see, you know, the way that the Ameri- where the Americans lived, and interact with us. And some were testing their English and. So there was young, like, teenager and his friend, and they would, the guy started talking to me, and even back then, I was the type of person that, you know, the strangest people are going to come up and talk to me. I've always been like that. You know, just give people the time of day, you know. And I'm happy to. So this young man, he would try to test his English out with me, we played a little chess, he had a little chess board, that, and he would teach me some of his strategy, and talk about the things that he liked to do, and, and I would listen there, I would talk, I would interact, and he saw something in my eyes, I was describing to my friend, this soccer player, a friend of mine, this patient that, uh, You know, what separated me from a lot of the guys that I served with, a lot of the Marines that I served with, and, and something that I always envied and I didn't I didn't quite understand on some other occasions was that, yeah, and what the Marine Corps tried to cultivate within you is a warrior. You know, like I was a, I was a warrior, but I was also a thinker. And so I don't know if those two things go together. Always, you know, it's the reason why, as I mentioned before, they they say uh, 
there's a stereotype of a dumb marine or a jarhead or whatever, unthinking, unflinching. They just do. They just go and they, they're berserkers. You go and you fight and you kill and you, you know, you, oh, nice fox. Get the fox out of the way. I don't want to hurt you. Um, so it's a, it's a tremendous thing to be a young man and to be part of like a, a crew of, of warriors and to be strong and to be fast and to be smart and have all the equipment and take care of it and know your way in the, in the woods and be comfortable where others are uncomfortable and to cultivate all that stuff. I think it's some of the greatest training and times I've ever had in my life. But I was also, uh, I want to be intellectual. I had a quest for knowledge and just a desire to know things that some of my buddies did not, it didn't matter to them. And so when I'm talking to my soccer player friend about what these Ukrainians had that I felt our forces lacked, is just like that commitment, that passion, in a sense, like they, it really meant everything to them. And Marines are passionate. Like I was passionate about what I did. But these guys were really like dedicated warriors. And it must have, for them to come to America, they, it must have been a time, you know, an opportunity of a lifetime for their unit to come over and, and function with us and, and train with us. You know. But such respect, they commanded. They really had their shit together. And I felt like. Part of the reason I got out is because I was interested in a lot of things beyond the battlefield, beyond just being tough and strong and a good shot, killing. You know, I I would be the type of guy that would find myself on the battlefield, you know, trying to render aid to the enemy or, you know, trying to reason with my... reason about the mission or, you know, disagree with, uh, you know, doing something that could be considered a, I don't know, unjustified or a war crime, something that was above my, um, my pay grade, honestly, things that shouldn't have mattered. I always had that, like, I want to think about this. And when you think you die, you know, in combat, and doesn't, you know, they make movies and stuff about enemy forces, you know, finding common ground and working together. And a famous movie called Enemy Mine with Lou Gossett Jr. and Dennis Quaid, where are these the human, uh, human astronaut space guy goes into onto a foreign planet finds another surviving member of an alien tribe and they're both warriors and they fight it out and try to kill each other and then they ultimately wind up helping each other and caring for each other and loving each other that'd be me you know that's like you know the romanticism around warfare like there's been a lot of stories about that I'm sure it's happened, though seldom, more often, 
enemy forces just go after each other and fucking murder each other. And that's, look, that's what'll, um, that's what'll happen if you mess with the Ukrainians or the Russians or, you know, you can't count on other people. At least it doesn't seem like you can count on other people meeting you halfway in any sort of reason, right? If you find them out there in the soccer, what's interesting about these folks, and again, I can't stereotype all Ukrainians or whatever, but uh, if you meet them out on a soccer pitch or fucking field or whatever you call it, I'm not a soccer player, they'll take your ass out and score on you a thousand times. They'll watch you bleed on the friggin', you know, steal the ball from you and fucking go up and crack your head and while you're um, go to head the ball and the, your freaking heads will collide and theirs will crack like a fucking egg and they'll still be running around trying to score. They're like Terminators. Um, that's, that's the way I found them to be. And so when people, isn't it admirable to run around or to play a sport or to do, perform an activity where people are really into it, you know? There are all kinds of examples of this. You're like going out to play frisbee golf, and uh, you know you're like, "Hey, look! I hit the chains. I made it into the goal." There are people from across the goddamn field with different, you know, types of uh, frisbee designs and um, approaches, and they can throw that thing across a fucking mile long, and bank it, and take into account the the wind and all kinds of other stuff. You just want to go out and have fun, smoke a little weed, you know what I mean? Anyway, I hope you're picking up what I'm putting down. It was an incredible experience to interact with, meet these Ukrainians. That uh, um, <laughs> There I was on this ship, and we're showing, uh, we got all our weapons on display, and the Ukrainian people and the soldiers are walking around the ship and, and looking at our gear, and this this young teenage boy kept looking for me. Where's Oberst? Where's Oberst? And my one buddy, he, he would be like, oh, there's that kid. He wants to, he made, you know, of course, it was all about whatever. You know, hey, that kid wants your cock or whatever. He's attracted to Oberst here. Here he comes. And he would be making fun of the kid. Remember the kid's, his teeth were a little rotten or something like that. And he'd always be looking for me. The handful of times we encountered them, day you know, in the week that we're in that port, kid would be looking for me, want to play chess with Oberst, or he wanted to talk with me because I would, I would hear his English and try to exchange, try to learn a little bit about his culture and his, um, you know, what was going on in his country. And he had like a girl with him or something like that, and my buddies were like, "Here, yeah, you talk to him, Oberst, so we can." you know, get his girl's number or see if we can't get laid or where's the best place to go out tonight and whatever. So there I was, that's me, talking to a fucking teenage boy playing chess on the deck of a military vessel while my buddies are out there drinking vodka like it's beer and taken back to the ship on stretchers. So be careful out there, you know. It's interesting about the different types of humans <clears throat> that uh, that are in circulation out there. I could extrapolate this to my other friend 
who I was talking to, she's a, uh, she's a high level dental hygienist and talking about some of the people that she encounters in the day, during the day and the people that, uh, you know, I was just generally bantering with her about the different types of human beings there are out there and how we all are human beings. We all are homo sapiens, but there are some fucking characters. It is not unlike The Walking Dead with the zombies. Not just the zombies, but the people. The characters that you'll find in all these Netflix shows. The richness of the characters and the diversity that that make us so interesting. So different and yet so similar at the same time. How can it be that there are people who possess many of the same traits, but just a few that are like, man, you're like nobody else, are you? You ever do that? You ever run across somebody and say, man, like we could say that about each of us, can we not? Each of us are like, we're like no one else. I got some fancy football activity. Um, Each of us are so unique. How is it that we are all the same species and yet the characteristics on display, the people you meet when you're walking down the street, the people that you meet each day? Isn't that incredible? Think about the people that are in your life. Are they, is it a a stretch to say that they are like characters out of some drama, some movie, some novel? That's what makes these these shows so interesting. I was talking to somebody today about uh, different shows I could should consider, and the Breaking Bad keeps coming up, and about how it's even though it's about drugs and some violence and some death and all that, the people, the the characters that that they develop within the story make it one of the best series ever, or the Frontier, or. Um, you know, Walking Dead or Shit's Creek. We all know people like that, at least a little bit, right? That's why those. That's why the shows are so alluring because you know somebody like that. You know, some family that owned a fucking little motel and was renting it out to dirt bags or whatever. Or you got some character like Roland Shit, or you know, you knew <laughs> what fucking ever, man. It's crazy. Anyway, I'm rambling now. I'm going to call it a night with that. And I will uh, talk to you guys again tomorrow. Today was a good day. I hope it was a good day for you guys. You know, remember, we got to have something to show for each day, regardless of whether it was a shitty day, admittedly, or or a fantastic day. Have something to show away, show for it. Have something to bring, to take away, something to amuse you, something you can learn become better with each passing day. Nighty night.